0: Hey there, and welcome to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one confessional page of Talmud each day. I say confessional because I have something I'd like to share with you. I love to gossip. I know I shouldn't. I know about the prohibition against Lashon Hara, which literally means the evil tongue, which holds that you aren't supposed to tell tales about other people, particularly if you're bad mouthing them but I can't help it. My job is to tell stories. And gossip, well, it's so often just the best kind of story there is. Rich in drama and flush with the tales and frequently true. So I'll admit that today's stuff, Shabbat 56, made me very uncomfortable. The rabbis are trying to figure out whether the righteous King David had ever sinned, And after dispensing with that whole business about, you know, Uriah the Hittite and his attractive wife, they tell a deeper and more troubling tale. Here goes. Rav said, David accepted a slanderous report, as it is written, with regard to David's search for a surviving son of Jonathan. And the king said to him, to Ziba, Saul's slave, where is he? And Ziba said to the king, Behold, he is in the house of Machir, the sound of Amiel, in Lodavar. Ziba indicated to David that Jonathan's son was inconsequential, lacking any matter, Lodavar, of Torah. And it is written, Then king David sent and fetched him out of the house of Machir, the son of Amiel, from Lodavar, Mi Lodavar. That verse can be read that after sending for him, David found him filled with matters Melodaval of Torah. In other words, the king opened his ears and his heart and listened to the lying Ziba, bad mouth another man. And for this sin, seemingly so inconsequential to us moderns, the king was punished with descendants who would eventually lose the kingdom. And if a righteous man like King David was so severely punished for indulging in some salacious gossip just once, what sort of punishment might I expect? And more importantly, how might I go about and change my ways? The Duff got me thinking about another great writer of Psalms, another Jewish royal whose wisdom and courage guided us all in the dark, Eliezer ben Cohen, better known around these parts as Leonard Cohen. I grew up listening to Leonard. I learned much of my English from him, not to mention the spirit of the old Jewish prophets. I admired him my entire life, and when I became a writer, it was only natural that I chose to spend five years of my life writing a book about him. When I was done, I sent him a copy. I never expected to hear back. A few months later, my wife and I were at the pediatrician's office with a sneezy toddler when my phone rang. It was an L.A. number I didn't recognize. I picked it up and listened, numb, as Leonard Cohen's assistant, a wonderful and soulful woman named Kesban, told me that Leonard was in town, that he was having a small get-together that night in his hotel, and that he would very much like it if my wife and I came along. In some dreamlike state of disbelief, I spent the entire day picking out a perfect outfit in which to meet my idol. It was freezing when we arrived at the hotel that evening, but I made my poor wife walk around the block six or seven times, listening to me, trying out different lines I wanted to say when I finally met my hero. Everything had to be just perfect. I had to sound smart and sophisticated, like a writer worthy of this invitation from the great Leonard Cohen. Finally, too cold to amble any longer, We walked into the lobby, and because the Lord of Song has a great sense of humor, at that exact moment, the elevator door opened, and the man himself, perfect striped suit, that fedora, walked out. He saw me, and even though we had never met, he walked right up to me, put his arm around me, and said, in that voice, Come. I said nothing. I said nothing as we walked into the small hotel lobby bar. I said nothing as Leonard greeted the people in the room, many of whom I recognized as members of his band, having watched him perform live so many times. I said nothing as he walked me from person to person, telling each one like a proud Zadie that I was a very talented young man and that he was so proud of my wonderful book. Please don't ask me what that felt like. It's been years now and I still haven't finished processing that moment emotionally. But I will tell you this. In the years that followed, I had the distinct pleasure to get to know Leonard Cohen a little bit. And I can tell you this about him. His real genius wasn't for poetry, though he was a great poet. It wasn't even for songwriting, though few, to my mind, surpass him as a songwriter. His real genius was for kindness. Leonard accelerated you. He made you feel like you were already the absolute best version of yourself. And when you left his presence, you happily vowed to do whatever you could to someday become this person, this person worthy of his praise. When you tried to coax some story out of him or tire him with yet another question about yet another timeless classic he'd written, he'd ask instead about you and then praise you in some way that felt at the same time entirely sincere and also future-based, as if his kindness was projecting on you, not the person you are right now, but the person you have the potential of being someday soon. I shouldn't be too surprised, I guess. Like every great prophet, and Leonard was nothing if not that, he realized that words made worlds. Speak evil of someone, and that person is likely to act badly towards you. Choose instead to see a person's potential, and she will flourish. This is why that bit about poets being the unacknowledged legislators of the world is not in the least an exaggeration. Poets give us ethereal phrases that help us transcend and, in turn, make the world better and more just. King David didn't get it. And, Lord knows, I don't either, at least not yet. But I try to fail better every time I gossip. And I have the great Reb Leonard to show me the way. May he show you the way as well. This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Magazine. If you enjoy this show... Please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafiomi. I'm your host, Leah Leibowitz. Our producer is Josh Cross, and our editor is Paul Ruest. For more information, go to tabletmag.com or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com.